Welcome in to Defeat the Curse DTC two-man show, midweek show. Feels like it's been ages since we talked anything sports or anything in general with Steve. Steve, where have you been hiding it's for a the beautiful, last two weeks? A beautiful fall day upon us. Halloween is over. I've been doing good. Been how, doing is good. Halloween? Is good how, how is Halloween? How is Halloween in downtown? Or, or, I mean, are you still are you still afraid of Nats Park at this point, or, or can you look at it straight in the face? I, uh, uh, that was good. We did a little trick or treating, little Eastern Market trick or treating. Kids came back. Uh, about a hundred grand. Uh, what a terrible candy things. bar! What, give me your top. Grand? Are you kidding? Give me your top five, quick. Well, I mean the original. You can't go wrong with Kit Kats, um, Milky Ways. Somehow there's there's uh, Milky Ways, and then um, I mean, and then M and M's. How can you go wrong with M and M's? You're at three. You got two more. Oh, by the way, your list is terrible. But go ahead. Uh, on the uh, on the spectrum, I'd go. Uh, well, let's get off the chocolate. I go Sour Patch Kids, okay, watermelon flavor, and then um, uh, Skittles uh, berry oh, style. So terrible. Now next you're gonna tell me Starburst, right? Uh, first of all, hundred <laughs> grand is terrible, and you're missing Twix. You're missing. You're missing just the classic Hershey's solid chocolate no, what bar. Am I, do with the I mean, what do you? Yeah, uh, next you're gonna tell, candy corn. Is candy corn on your list? No, not candy bar. Okay. A little jelly belly. <laughs> we had look. We had a lot of fun out here in Springfield too with uh, with Halloween. But I am thankful it's over. My dinner consisted of about a thousand uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, and uh, you know I washed it all down with uh, some milk duds, and uh, that was about milk it for duds. me. It was it was pretty terrible over here, and my stomach has uh, not been great today uh, because of it. But you know, Halloween is over. But I tell you what, and how about this for a pivot? I think a lot of play. I think a lot of NFL offenses are going to be terrified to play the Redskins uh, from here until the end of the season, barring injury. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, the big acquisition. What was your initial reaction when you uh, when you heard about the trade? When you about when you heard that that uh, that Clinton Dix was on his way to Washington? What was the first thing you thought? Um, I didn't even know we were looking for a safety. I mean, it, <laughs> it's weird. Because the skins normally trade for players in positions of need, right? So um, if, if it's weird that they traded for a player that improved a position of strength. And obviously I know uh, he's, DJ Swearinger is, is one half of it. Um, and they improved on Monte Nicholson. But it's just weird. I thought they would make a move on the offensive side. Well, we'll, we'll get to the offensive side because maybe, maybe there was a couple of moves they could have made. But I'll be honest. I, I was I was truly uh, I was floored actually. I didn't expect them to add to add skill or depth at defense. Like I just didn't expect it. I think you yeah. said you just said it too. Like this is a uh, this is different. You know, we're we're life or Redskins fans here. This isn't something that they've done traditionally. Go out and and strengthen a strength. But I got. I, I mean, I like it. I, I really do like it. I mean, Pro Football Focus has. Um, DJ and yep. uh, and Haha basically ranked one two or one three depending on the metrics you're looking at. That's incredible. We haven't had a one two punch like that since uh, RIP twenty one and Laron Landry, you know the owner of the uh, the thighs for arms basically. So this is this is kind of truly un- uncharted waters here for the Redskins improving a secondary that has been suspect and, and certainly has been exposed at times this season. You know, you got. I mean, I like the move. I like the move. And yeah, there's some people poo-pooing on on uh, on uh, Clinton Dix as he leaves Green Bay. He wasn't a team player. He's starting to get a little bit pouty. But you know what? 
he he played four and a half really good seasons uh, there, and he started his career. I'm, I think he started his career there as a, as a cornerback, which makes him even more versatile and more valuable to the Redskins, uh, given the litany of of you know potential. Well, I'm look. Let me let's just project. Let's just talk about the playoffs here for a second. And I know some. I'm sure LP and FP are going to give me a hard time about this, but you look at the games that are remaining on the schedule. They got the Texans coming in at some point during the rest of the the rest of the way, right? The Texans added Demarius Thomas. They got the Eagles still to come twice. The Eagles got Alshon Jeffrey. They added Golden Tate. They've got. I mean, the the Giants are the Giants. Odell Beckham, whatever. But there's. I I just like the move. I like the move. It, they went out and basically said, you know, we don't. There isn't someone out there that we love offensively. So let's make our defense even better. I like the move. I got I got no qualms with it. And frankly, a fourth round pick is nothing. Well, yeah, I think the fourth round pick value was good. He's a Bama boy. That's obviously been working for us uh, this season uh, from the guys from from Alabama. But can I can I like the pick and also can I like the trade and also be annoyed that they didn't move on a wide receiver? I mean, I just think that this was the biggest position of need and it was the biggest position of available options at the trade deadline. We saw. I think it was three or four wide receivers uh, go out with Golden Tate, Amari, uh, Demarius Thomas. I think there was someone else maybe. But, um, I mean, they, really, you wouldn't have given a fourth-round pick for Demarius Thomas? Are you kidding I, me? I, I mean, don't think so, Stevie. I'll tell you why, man. I'll tell you why. Because the idea that any of them were going to come in here and suddenly make Alex Smith throw the ball, I mean, that's preposterous, right? It, that's not – like the issue to me, the, the receivers aren't great on the Redskins roster – but they're not the ones charged with throwing the ball. So I just don't see it, right? You bring in okay, so you bring in Dez or you bring in Golden Tate or you bring in you bring in any of these guys, Demarius, whatever, right? You bring in any of these guys, Amari Cooper, right? There's no guarantee that Alex is gonna throw them the ball either. Like it's I think this is more of an Alex issue and less of a wide receivers, the Redskins wide receiver insert name issue. I, I really do. And, you know, if he's had all – he had basically from March through now to gel with the receivers he's got, what makes you think that he was going to instantly gel or, or, you know, some confidence was suddenly going to, like, he just, just exude from him because we they added a, a 30, a 29, 30, or 31-year-old receiver, Amari Cooper being the exception. I mean, I just – I don't get it. Like, there's nothing from Alex Smith that's – like, if he was taking shots on the field and people were and, – and our guys were dropping the ball left and right – Fine, we can talk about they need to upgrade this at the skill position, but but Stevie, he he just doesn't throw the ball, man, and and I'm not gonna kill him because he doesn't take risks, but I'm also not gonna praise him and say that he's somehow like winning these games, right? He's not. So I think the Redskins deserve credit. I think they looked at it and said our offense is what it is. If we can get to 17, 20 points a game offensively, we're gonna have a chance to win most of these games because our defense is borderline elite right now. Yeah, I just don't buy that. I, I I don't buy. I think at the NFL level, if you don't, if you as a front office, if you're Bruce Allen and you say, I don't think we can use a top flight wide receiver here, then you have a problem with your quarterback. No, but that, hold on, hold on. But I'm, I'm saying, okay, fine. Ridiculous. They can. Okay, they 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 could use one. But is there any guarantee that Alex is going to start being more reckless with the ball? I mean, by comparison to how he's playing now. So okay, you add Demarius, who's thirty-one years old, is going to run posts and, and outs for you. Okay, but Alex isn't consistently hitting those routes now, and he's well, not going to force the ball. I'll say something I'm totally going to regret. I'll defend Alex Smith here. I think 
the reason you get a top flight wide receiver like Demarius or Amari or whoever is because I have not seen these wide receivers be able to consistently separate from DPs. And so you're right. Alex Smith is more of a game manager. What was that? Was that Bruce Allen texting you? No, it was not. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, 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 I'm with you. I lost my train of thought, but Alex Smith is a game manager. Who's not going to, you're right. Going to throw into tight windows and things like that. So what you need to do, I'm actually the opposite. I'm making the opposite case for getting better receivers. You need to get receivers who are going to separate from their DBs, who are going to stretch the field on their own, who are going to be able to get open to provide Alex Smith the windows that he needs to make those throws. So it's a chicken and the egg type thing. What came first? Is Alex Smith not able to throw to wide receivers or the yes. wide receivers not able to create separation? No, I, I, I so I'm, I'm, listen, I, I'm just, we're, we're going to disagree. I'm right and you're wrong here, 100%, right? I'm, I'm 100% right. Alex Smith, you look at him, you look at last year versus all of the other years in his career. Last year was an outlier and it probably had more to do with a guy named Pat Mahomes breathing down his neck and challenging for his starting job. Uh, and maybe his coach seeing that he's starting to slip a little bit or lose a step, right? And, and Andy Reid crushed us here again. Let's not let's not forget about that. But Alex Smith, over his entire career, with the exception of last season, never slung the like he just he's not a slinger. He's just that's not his game. Period. So I'm I'm looking at the 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 whole picture here, or the the the, the totality of Alex Smith's career. When he's had a great, I mean, he had Michael Crabtree, right, as a young buck Michael who Crabtree, but he did, right? And the he hell was are we talking about. He had him at one point early in his career when you could argue he was a top five or six or ten wide receiver, oh better, God. better than anything he's got right now. You would agree that, right? Right. I think. Uh, yeah, but he had Tyreek Hill, who he turned into a superstar. Oh, well, I mean, look again. Tyreek Hill is is doing things by himself now, right? Like with a guy named Pat Mahomes. So. I'm just not buying that adding a receiver would have helped the offense much more than what they have now. And frankly, adding Jamison Crowder at this point is like adding a receiver because he hasn't played in more than half the games. So I'm fine. But, I'm just but not buying. You, fine. But the reality is, if you're right, big if, if I'm you're right. right, we got a much bigger problem. Because how much are we paying Alex Smith? A lot. 70 over 20, three. Yeah. So over $20 million a year for a game manager but we can't use a top flight wide receiver All right, well, to throw the ball. To. Well, That's full, a big well, full disclosure, I wanted to trade Alex Smith for Blake Bortles and uh, and FP and LP. I think they almost they literally almost like died. You know when I uh, when I shared that thought with them, but. That's my honor. Like you, you. This is what you got from Alex Smith. I, mean, I, I don't think uh-huh. just adding like Golden Tate is great. Golden Tate is a is a much better Jamison Crowder, right? And at this point in his career, Demarius Thomas is a much better um, Josh Doxson. Like these are like you look at them. Like are they really adding anything with Tate? Definitely. And I think Tate going. I think Tate going to the Eagles and that being announced early in the day on Tuesday. I think that spurred them to make the move. Um, for Haha Clinton Dix. I mean, I'm sure they knew who was out there and who was available, but you figure you still got to face the Cowboys and Amari Cooper at least one more time this year. You're gonna face uh, Alshon and now Golden Tate and and Carson Wentz um, at twice still this season. You're gonna face Deshaun Watson uh, with uh, with Nuke on one side. Fuller's out for the season, but you're gonna they add Demarius. I mean, that's four of your remaining however many games that you now match up much, much better with your opponent. Yeah. I, and, I, and, okay. and, hold on, hold on. And, and, and the way this is shaping up and Razzie, I wish he was on to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, he made a, a, um, an amazing observation. The teams that played each other on, uh, on Sunday night last week, 
uh, just a few days ago, right? The Vikings and the Saints, depending on how those divisions shape out, we could be seeing one of them. I don't want to see the Saints again, but there's a, there's there is a scenario where where Cousins yeah. and the Vikings are coming to FedEx to play a playoff game. And you look at both of those rosters, and again, you're going to need, like, HaHa Clinton Dix, again, you're strengthening a strength with potential to match up against the Saints again this season with all of their weapons. And Drew Brees, and we, we just saw what he can do. And frankly, the Vikings have a ton of weapons, too. Uh, I mean, Thielen is leading, uh, I mean, White Boy can play, right? He, he's he's leading the league in, in pretty much every meaningful wide receiver category. Stephon Diggs is no pushover or slouch, and we know what Kirk is, so... They've and and Kyle Rudolph is there, so you, you look at this defense. They shouldn't be scared of any offensive unit on paper right now. Now they got to gel and they got to work all the they they got to iron out all the all the the differences in terminology and all that other stuff. But I, I'm I, I just really like the move. I mean, this is a, already a top four defense. It, you know, is is Haha Clinton Dix worth one or two more victories paired with this tandem in the backfield? I, or sorry, in the in the secondary? I think so. I, I mean, I think so. Well, I'll ask you a better question. Forget about Blake Bortles. Let's play a hypothetical situation. I mean, is Alex Smith that much different than Colt McCoy? Well, so we, <laughs> I'm going to say yes, because Alex, the knock on Alex is that he, he just doesn't take chances, right? But he's he also doesn't turn the ball over, which is really, really important when you have a team that struggles to score. So I'm not, I'm not buying that they're comparable or that they are, that somehow the, the offense may look better at times with Colt McCoy, but you're. I just. I think it would be a mistake to put in a guy who's going to take chances with a receiving cord, To your point, that doesn't separate and is basically playing fifty-fifty. You know, they're they're playing fifty-fifty catch every time the ball's in their vicinity. So, yeah, I think I think the the offense may at times look a, a little bit better because they take more shots, but no, I mean Alex Smith. You look at that last game, right? Just uh, you know, on on Sunday. There's a there's a 28 yard uh, you know pass interference penalty right that that doesn't touch his stats but if it if if it was a catch it, that you know he'd be at 202 205 maybe we're not having instead of 178 we wouldn't be having this conversation similarly in the game before there was a 40 yard uh, pass interference call so that benefited uh, the offense so I mean he's not playing great but Colt McCoy would be a step down in my opinion do you, I, I'm, I'm assuming you disagree with me. I'm saying what you described in Alex Smith is pretty much what I've seen Colt McCoy do for years here. And I'm saying, like, if we would have saved $15, $17 million. I think so. But, I mean, you, you also don't know with Colt, right? Like, you, you don't know. He's Colt is more likely to make bad decisions. Alex Smith makes very conservative decisions. That's why he's just not going to – he's not going to throw a bunch of interceptions, which, you know – it's not a bad thing, right? It's not a great thing when the offense struggles to move the ball. But right now, it's pretty clear that the game plan is feed Adrian Peterson the rock 20 to 25 times a game. Try to get Jordan Reed open in space so he can catch a curl and, and go go you know get some uh, yards after catch. Take one, maybe two shots down the field with, uh, with, uh, with Richardson or potentially Crowder when he's back. And, you know sprinkle in some touches for Doxon. That's the offense. And if they can get 20 points and this defense continues to play at the rate that they're playing, I think they're going to be okay, Steve. We're talking about I mean, this is a this is a minimum playoff caliber defense. That that, that is the most shocking statement that I think now we're just really taking for granted. 
that is by far the biggest story in this city is that this defense, which has looked abysmal, has looked completely in, junior varsity. No, in, in, in one and a years. half games, they've looked bad. No, no, no. I, I'm saying in the past couple of years, oh, they've oh, looked oh. abysmal. The way they've rebuilt this defense and has become a dominant defense. I mean, this pass rush used to not be able to sniff a quarterback. I, I, I mean, incredible what Minuski, Tom Sula, all these guys have done with the talent that they have is good. I'm not saying it's, but it's not Aaron Donald lining up. And I, and probably FP and LP are the biggest homers that'll tell you that Deron Payne is Aaron Donald. I mean, this isn't the most talented defense in the world, but they are playing incredible. Yeah. And at every level, I mean, Zach Brown is probably, I would say one of the most underrated defensive players in the NFL, what he's doing from sideline to sideline as a, an inside linebacker. I'm with you on that, and Matt Ioannidis doesn't get enough credit. And I don't know how I don't know how like I, I've kind of fallen in love with him to be honest. He's a fifth round pick who was yeah, cut by I'm the grown. team, re-signed by the team, and I mean he just throws people around. And you look at the front three, the big three up front. I mean they are they they are dominating. To your credit and to your point, they get they get pressure consistently. You know, and early in the you know early on in the season they were on a snap count, and we were told you know they're gonna play. The uh, the Bamboo Boys are going to play, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50. And then it was 50 to 70. Now the three of them, you know, between uh, Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis, they never come off the field. They yeah. play every defensive snap, which is amazing. Uh, uh, and you still got guys like Kerrigan who have proven that they can play, like waiting in the winds basically to rack up stats or do something. I mean, it's it's actually really incredible what this defense is doing. And I agree with you. This is they're, – they're deep, they're skilled, they're fast, they're strong – and now they've added HaHa Clinton Dix. And frankly, when you look at what Monte Nicholson did over the uh, over the course of the the first quarter or first half of the season here, he played okay. Like he played serviceable. He had some bonehead penalties here and there. But frankly, I don't think anyone on this earth can say that that Clinton Dix is not an, a, a I mean a significant upgrade over Monte. And you pair Absolutely. him up with DJ. That is a nice one-two punch. At some point, you're gonna get you're gonna get fully healthy at the CB position. But I, I just like the ability of, I mean, Clinton Dix is good. And I mean, he started in this league as a CB, which means if he needs to line up opposite a Kyle Rudolph at at, at tight end, I'm okay with that matchup. If he needs to go out and cover uh, Sterling Shepard on the on the on the flank or Alshon Jeffrey, I'm okay with that combination as well. If you want, if you want to just play him basically at free safety, let him roam and let DJ come up and put pressure on the uh, on the line. He can do that as well. So all of those things are good things, and I think versatility and the ability to to just basically sub packages in and out. And the, and frankly, the Redskins play a lot of they play a, they play a lot of nickel. They play a lot of uh, three safety looks, or they can now. I mean, this this move just makes a ton of sense. And I think you look at this roster, or sorry, you look at the schedule. You look at who they're gonna who they're gonna have to face over the next. Uh, four, five, six weeks, it instantly makes a game against the Texans uh, not just, you know, maybe winnable, but definitely winnable. Same goes, the Eagles maybe was a push, now it's a strong, they have a better shot, you know, and, and that's all you can ask for in this league is a better shot at, at winning and doing some things. So I, I like the move, you know, I, I got I got no qualms with it whatsoever. You know, I mean, I, did you hear his press conference, by the way, when he was introduced? I didn't. He was, uh, I mean, he was ready to go play like special teams. Uh, you know, he, he's ready to do anything. I think the change of scenery is going to help I, him know, tremendously. What I, I did see on Twitter, a reporter quote him after the first practice where he said, the vibe here in D.C. is so different. 
players are juiced up, players are excited to show up for practice, which is a shocking thing because most players say that when they leave DC about their new, That's new right. team, about the Redskins. So for him to say that about a, a place like Green Bay, which is you know the mecca of of you know football organizations and franchises, and to say that about DC, it shows you that you know it really proves to you what what I think is that. Winning creates a positive environment, not the other way around. Right? Positive environments don't create winning. Once you start winning, the positive environment is created. For sure. I mean, this team is. Look, let's let's talk about this Sunday's matchup. All right, against against the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are coming to town. They're coming to DC. The weather looks like it's going to be it's going to be okay. It's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be okay. So, I mean, if you're Matt Ryan, you probably didn't want to hear the news that the team you're about to go face just added you know, one of the top three or four safeties in the league to an already really good defense. Like, I, I like this matchup now. I think the Redskins, I mean, if they can do what they've done to other teams this year, basically bottle up the running back, which you look at their last three games, I mean, what they've done to running backs in the last, I don't know if you saw this, but in the last three games, uh, the running backs haven't combined for 100 yards, which is incredible. That's just incredible to me, the starting running backs. Um, you know, but they're holding teams under under twenty points, comfortably under twenty points. If they can hold Atlanta under twenty points to that to that seventeen mark, uh, which everybody talks about, if they can if they can win this game, Stevie, we're talking about potentially a a game and a half or two game lead in the division. We got to start talking about the playoffs because the rest of the way it's 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 a poo poo spectacular. The rest of the way, with yeah. the exception of with the exception of the uh, of the uh, the Texans. So well, you you. What you really start talking about is uh, chasing New Orleans for that number two seed to try to get a buy. I mean, right now you're comfortably in the three seed. Um, you could put some victories together. Obviously, I know we we, had, we lost the head-to-head tiebreaker with New Orleans, so we're actually two games back from them. But, you know, their schedule has got to be harder than ours uh, for the rest of the way. So, I mean, anything can happen in this league with a dominant defense and a decent run game, and I think that's what they've decided uh, is, is going to be the best way for this team to compete. But I'll tell you what, the Atlanta matchup scares me. It scares me more than Dallas. It scares me even more uh, than Carolina because this is a pass-first kind of stretch the field with a dominant wide receiver option, with a dominant wide receiver type offense. So th- this is not as good of a matchup as even a Dallas team who may have a better overall offense uh, no, 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 no. The, hold on, hold on. I, I agree with you that Falcons are pass first, but the Falcons. I mean, I'd rather have the Falcons' offense and the Cowboys basically one one punch of Zeke and more Zeke, right? I mean, this is uh, we got the Cowboys before Cooper, obviously, so we'll see what they're made of. That, but, that, but that's what I'm saying is the Falcons' offense may not have the statistics. I know Ryan, Matt Ryan comes in here struggling mightily, but my point is it's a more dangerous offense. Because of their ability to stretch the field. Yeah, I mean Calvin Ridley is a baller, and Mohamed Sanu is not a slouch, and obviously uh, Mr. Jones can can ball with them too. They don't really have a running game, but again, I, I think this is a, this is a, this could be a statement game for the Skins here. I mean, to, no, no, yeah, nobody runs on us. That's the whole point. Is they right. sling it fifty times, it's probably better for them. Right. I mean, this is a game that you probably would have said they're likely to lose. Uh, four months ago, before the season, or you know, when the schedule came out, we probably all looked at Atlanta and said, "This is this one's probably a loss." But we also probably looked at the Packers and said, "This one's a loss too." And they came out and dominated. I mean, there's there's a couple things I think that the Skins have to do this week. One, 
the only opponent that they've beaten, the Cardinals don't count because that, that's like barely a football team right now, but they did beat the Packers by more than one possession. They lo- And all the other wins have been one possession or less. So I think they've got to just get something, right? Like they're holding, play- I understand that they're holding teams under 17 or whatever it is, and that's fine. But they, they got to manage like 23 points, 24 points, 26 points. They got to get something a little bit more. Last week, they started with a, a healthy dose of Jordan Reed on the first drive. I swear they, they completed like seven passes to Jordan Reed and then ended up punting from like seven yards further than when they started the drive. I didn't yeah, get it. Nine, nine targets, caught seven balls, 44 yards. Right. And I think I think half of them came on the opening drive. So they, they've got to find a way. I'm over the Jordan Reed thing personally, and, and I think I've said that here, and people are like, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. He's amazing. Well, if he's amazing, they got to start – they got to either take the, wheel, the, the the bubble wrap off him and let him play, or you just got to – like if this is all you're going to get out of him, we're, we're doomed. So – but then again, the defense is so good. If they, if they can do what they're supposed to do, I mean, on paper, the Redskins should dominate defensively here. This is a really good defensive team, and the Falcons haven't haven't been all that good. So you figure, you know, their receivers versus our secondary, it's a push. Our off our defensive line should have a field day. They they just should. Where, 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 where's the game? It's here, baby. It's here in DC. Oh, this is I didn't DC. Know that. This is yeah, yeah. This is this is an opportunity here for for Redskins Nation to come out, and it looks by all indications they had they had uh, Chris Cooley passing out tickets in, uh, in Maryland. The they got. Yeah, they got they had CP in in Virginia this morning passing out tickets, and they had uh, Gary Clark passing out stuff in in uh, in the district in DC. So, um, uh, Port Portis was in Virginia. So it's I, I don't know, Steve. I'm 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 kind of excited. It's the only, it's I'm the excited. only way they get the only way they get rid of tickets these days is by Look, I'm former not, players passing them out at Tyson's Corner Mall. <laughs> I'm not going to knock them for trying to do something different. There's the eighty thousand person wait list. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still waiting for the phone call, right? But it's, <laughs> I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I like this trade. You know, I'm the offense is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully they get a, a shot in the arm when Crowder is back and healthy and able to play. Josh Doxson's been targeted more over the last couple of weeks. You know, you figure at some point it, it, it doesn't look like Chris Thompson's going to play this week against the Falcons, but you figure. No later than the Texans game, three weeks from now, you should have a hel- a fully healthy Chris Thompson, a fully healthy, um, uh, what's his face, uh, Jameson Crowder, and hopefully a still functional, upright, and dominant potentially Jordan Reed. Like that's going to have to be the the formula for this team. And Adrian Peterson, you know, he, he's the unquestioned offensive MVP, team MVP. DJ Schwanger is is awesome too. But I mean, where would this team be without Adrian Peterson right now? I mean. Yeah, I mean yeah. That, that's my thought anyway. This is it's amazing what he's doing, and I, I'm all in the tank for him. Best he, best he thing that normal. happened for us is Geis broke his leg. I mean, you don't know you don't know what you would have had with Geis, but it, it was it's unlikely that he would have been this. I mean, I, I guess it's possible. We've seen we've seen uh, you know Saquon Barkley come in and do some amazing things for a pretty pretty bad offense too in uh, in New York. But um, I, I'm I'm bullish on this game. I think the Redskins are going to pull it out. Do you see a difference? Well, six. Uh, no, I, I think now that it being at home, um, I think it'll be a close one again. I think they'll pull it out. I think person we haven't talked about who's been really solid is Dustin Hopkins. I mean, he's had some clutch uh, field goals, um, and 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 he's been hitting them from far. I mean, I think he hit a fifty-three yarder last week. Um, I could hit a fifty-three and, yarder. 
in in Giant Stadium and in, in, in MetLife. Maybe not in the swirling uh, wind, but I'm saying he's he's the, the the fact that we're not talking about him means he's doing his job. So let's hopefully we continue not to talk. <laughs> yeah, about let's Dustin continue Hopkins. to not talk about the special teams and the kicker yeah. and the punter. Well, I mean, but okay, I mean, but Tress is killing it too. Tress said uh, he was uh, hurt and then he came back yeah. and. See, Hopkins went into punt form, and then he got waved uh, off. Yes, uh, I see. <laughs> and then Trust did a little fist pump after he was pumped up. He had a 50-yarder. Yes, don't look um, now, but by blended metrics, the Redskins are sixth special teams, which is pretty good. Well, it's, Fourth they, defense, I mean, six, six, fourth on defense, sixth on special teams, and 27th on offense. And let's give it up for Greg Stroman. He goes in there and solidly fair catches it every single time. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> He did any uh, so Redskins are going to win on Sunday? Yes or no? Yeah. Look at six us. Six and two. Look at us. We've last come, we've we, come last, full circle. Last time we were six and two. You remember it? We were uh, horny for Zorny. Horny for Zorny. Yeah, that was a problem. There was a hip hip hooray. That was a big problem. We managed to drop uh, six games straight after that, I believe. Yeah. And uh, finish eight and eight. Yeah. Where is that guy? Exactly. What's I don't co- know. But what's he coaching these days? They see Pete did an interview. I can't remember with who. It must have been with the one or six seven, maybe one of those junkies or Grand Danny, where he said that he was so annoyed at the hip hip hooray thing because all of his buddies in the league would make fun of him for it. He sounded like a high school kid. <laughs> yeah, he was embarrassed dad, by his yeah. dad. That's right. Yeah, That's he right. said it was the most annoying. He said it actually split the locker room. <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He was a man born into the wrong in the wrong century, doing the wrong job. It was Gibbs 3.0. We thought. Let's. Uh, did you watch over or under two and a half games of the World Series watched for Steve? Uh, well, no, I watched. Uh, I watched the first two games because there was incredible pitching matchups, and then waned towards kind of the middle there, where Boston just. Took Boston was incredible. I mean, I watched Game Four where the Dodgers went up four zero. Puig hit that huge home run with a great uh, shot on him. Yeah, hey, yeah, you're right, Joe. The, uh, a league where there's a dominant team that you know is going to win is the dumbest thing in the world. I agree. How's the NBA treating you? The NBA is terrible. Okay, it is terrible. I the love the NBA league. and I can't watch it. I can't. I can't. No. Maybe it's just too early, but. It, and it also doesn't help that the Wizards no, no, are no. one in a hundred to start the season again. Well, they're, they're probably still in the eight seed because every team makes the playoffs there. So they're no, they're not actually. They're tied for last place in the Eastern Conference. They are not in the eighth seed. But I, I can't. The NBA. I'm, I'll wait. I mean, LP and I wanted to talk NBA, and it's just too hard. They, it's 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 terrible, especially when the Wizards stink. But it looks like Dwight Howard is going to make his uh, his uh, season debut and. I mean, if we got all our hopes and dreams pinned on Dwight Howard, we have very That's, big problems, uh, right? Sure, there's a couple of baby mamas that said but the same we, thing. Too. <laughs> we have some other big news happening in DC. DC United hosts a playoff game. The caravan's tonight. coming. Are you are not? We'll get to the caravan. I know you're dying to talk about the caravan, but DC United <laughs> have a home playoff game against the uh, the Columbus Crew tonight in DC. This is a team that when uh, Wayne Rooney joined the team. Uh, they were in second to last place. They rally. They end up making the playoffs. They host. The, they get. I mean, they get to host the game tonight. Rooney is in consideration for um, from the for the MLS Player of the uh, of the Year, having played just over fifty percent of the games. 
which I think is indi- it, it, it's both a statement on how well he's played and how terrible the MLS is by comparison to other leagues. But Audi Field, DC United, home field advantage. This is it's kind of a big deal. Uh, um, if I had a network provider that showed the channel that these games are on, I would absolutely watch it. Do you? Can you name one player on DC United? Um, not named uh, Wayne Rooney. Marcelo. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stevie. It's like across no, the hey, street. Why don't hey, you go check I, it out? I, Just go check I it out. Say, I will, and somebody else across the street. I don't know if, what what time you're posting this, but anyone listening, the bullpen uh, right by Nats Park is having a watch party for DC United. They're opening up all the beer stands and as if uh, like the full thing, as if there's a Nats game. So, so I think that's pretty cool. Let's talk about one storyline from the Nats here, which is, did you see this, that potentially Machado and Bryce to Philly? Uh, I, I mean, I, I didn't. I saw that Vegas updated their odds for Bryce uh, and Philly is the, I think it was like even money at this point. I mean, how would you feel about the Phillies adding both him and, uh, and Manny? That's fine. They're, they're, ne- ne- neither of them are not that good. My, my kid was uh, Teddy from the Racing Presidents yesterday for Halloween, and that was the best use of our 34 jersey. Put Teddy on the back. Oof. Oof. I might have to edit this and put this at the beginning of the podcast so everybody hears it. <laughs> um, okay, last topic before we get to uh, politics and the caravan, which I, I hope you can defend. Um, are you following the DJ Durkin story, University of Maryland, no. uh, College Park? Okay, so... I, I mean, I could talk to myself about it, but I, I, Please. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the short version of the story is, uh, they had a player die over the summer. Somehow the, the coach comes out and says it's, it's a joint responsibility between the, the staff, the trainers and the, you know, the strength and conditioning coach and blah, blah, blah. Then basically goes and hides. The team ends up winning five games so far this season. They need one more to be bowl eligible. The board of regents yesterday, last night, uh, sorry, on sorry, sorry, not last night. On on Tuesday morning, released a statement saying that uh, that Durkin was going to keep his job. Everybody basically said like like WTF? Like how is this how is this at all possible that the guy charged with running the program keeps his job? Uh, he held his first practice on Wednesday of the season. At, you know, basically back in the fold as the head coach had uh, four players, not, uh, four of his studs, not show up. Had half the team refused to participate. Had two players fight it out between team DJ and team not DJ, basically. They had to end the practice, kill, kicked all the media out. The, the practice ended at 6.30 p.m. yesterday. He was informed on the practice field he was fired. And the, today, basically, it just continues. The story continues to spiral. It's, it's, it's very embarrassing. I didn't go to UMD. My sister did. I have a first cousin who did. We have You and I both have a bunch of friends who did. Uh, Peter, I'm sure is listening. He's a he's a grad. He's a he's a grad school grad from from UMD. I have yet to meet a single alum who can defend or has anything positive to say about the university right now. I, I think this is one of those moments where, like, the Terps will remember, and the, the the athletic program in particular will remember, not not just the death of a of a student athlete as something that was terrible, but to basically compound the problem to not hold the head coach responsible they're going to be I, I don't know what the board of regents were doing i don't know how they could have kept durkin in 
I don't know what Durkin would say if he had kept his job when he's going to recruit at, at you know, stepping into like some 15, 16 year old's house and saying, hey, you should come play for me at UMD, like with this this cloud of, of shame basically hanging over him. It's a terrible story. And I don't know what the hell they were like. It, it's just mind boggling. And there's there's got to be more to it. And I'm sure it's all going to come out in time. But, um, you know, like I, I don't have any skin in the game as far as the Terps are concerned. But what a I just don't know how you can keep him around. I don't understand that at all. But, but he's gone now. He's going to get paid and he's going to leave. And that, that's the. I mean, this is. I mean, the worst thing I heard it described as as a Penn State moment, right? You don't want to be linked to Penn State. I mean, I think, but I think overall, I think to general society and to people that, like you said, don't have skin in the game, this is good that we expose frauds. We expose people who are abusing their positions of power, whether it's Joe Paterno and um, what's the bad guy, Sandusky, uh, or DJ Durkin and the Board of Regents or whoever. We need to expose these guys. And the more we can bring this stuff to the light, then that's good. Then let the or these universities, these universities are so corrupt. They I mean, are. My goodness. They're, the NCAA, this whole institution, it's an environment of corruption. But we need to really bring light to this stuff. I'm surprised you're not watching Ballers because uh, FP and I talk about this weekly. Like that, the <laughs> whole storyline in Ballers this uh, past season was um, the Rock's character. Uh, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name, Strathmore. He's like taking on the NCA and the corruption. It's just like I mean, it's this, the stuff that's played out at on at the College Park campus, the UMD College Park campus over the last 48 hours. Is essentially, I mean, it, it couldn't have been scripted more clearly for the producers at HBO to basically pick it up and, and somehow integrate it into their show uh, when talking about the NCAA, the Board of Regents, how schools operate, how athletic departments operate. It's it's terrible, man. It's it's terrible, but it sounds like it's uh, it's it's coming to it. It's going to come to a head. It's going to boil over, and then eventually it's going to die down. But um, okay, now last topic: the caravan. You want to talk about immigration? Maybe. Do you have any interest in immigration? I doubt it, but let's see. Stevie. Uh, what I, I, say, I don't want to talk about immigration. Uh, we said the 80,000 person waitlist number was a farce. I think that was more accurate than the numbers Trump has thrown out for that caravan coming in. Uh, I mean, apparently the caravan's losing steam anyway. I mean, it, it's a long <laughs> drive. Joe, so. how, how, how can you, with a straight face, accept what this guy is doing five days before an election, the fear mongering, the lies. This is, this is insane stuff. This okay. is insane. That's, that's what you are saying. What about the, no, what about the what arena? What about the arenas and stadiums that are packed to the brim with, with supporters? Like he, he's oh. also the first president I can remember that was doing, that's doing like rallies as a sitting president. I can't recall a president doing that before. I agree. That's awful. No, it's not packed. awful. It's no, not awful. I agree that there, that there are enough people to fill a stadium to cheer on this type of, of rhetoric. You're right. What, I'm just. I'm sorry. So, what are you opposed to here? Right, so, do you you want the caravan? You you want? I don't care if the caravan is five people or five million people. You, you, we should just let everybody in. Is that where you're going to go with this? Everyone's allowed. No, everyone's welcome. I'm I'm, I'm opposed to uh, using fear. No, no, no. Just answer, just answer my question. <laughs> Do you believe that there should be a yeah, border yeah. or not? Absolutely. And they're okay. on their way to the border and they're going to apply for asylum there. Okay. So but but you do believe there's that there's nothing a, to be there's... afraid of. What is there to be afraid of? 
uh, when they crawl under the fence or jump over it. And then do what? Go go do Stay. Uh, vegetable picking jobs? Well, I, I don't think that's the fear, Steve. So then what is the fear? I don't know. Well, it, I mean, look, the Democrats want more illegal people here. You you can you understand that part, right? Uh, I, I don't know what that okay, actually means. Let me rephrase I, it. I'm not speaking there to is, Okay, okay. There are there is political gain for more undocumented illegal immigrants in America for one party and not the other. Sure, but that first of all that doesn't make it wrong. I, I we're not talking about right or wrong. I'm just saying okay, that's you, all I'm there's saying. we you would you would agree that there is a possibility that there's an agenda behind all of this. Oh, 100%. Okay. But so, there's also an agenda on the other side. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So we can we can agree that there are some limitations for for uh, not even limitations. Like, well, let's take it from the top. We agree that there should be a border and that it should be enforced. There, there should be tremendous limitations. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the guy's a lunatic <laughs> and a liar. This is a bad combination. Lunatic and liar, bad combination. I'm not buying the lunatic. I'm not really buying the liar either. He's just The amount of cable news that he watches is insane. <laughs> it's, that doesn't make him a liar. It, maybe, no, he's it bored. No maybe he's bored. Maybe he's bored. Ah, Stevie. Look, man. Joe, I'm with you. I'm with I know you, you're with me because I know you're with me. You were with me on Brett Kavanaugh, but you wouldn't come out I and say it. I was with you on Brett Kavanaugh. You... But what I'm saying is, I can't. We can't be with a, a guy like him. You're just a, you, okay. You should, you should be more upset guy, with him than me. Time out. If your guy, okay, if if your guy was up there and he said we should have a border, you wouldn't care. You only care because it's coming from Trump. You don't like him. Saying, you just don't like not, him. No, no, it's not. No, it's not saying we should have a border. He's saying these people are animals, and they include people of our descent, me and you, Middle Easterners. And, Middle and- Easterners are animals, Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem. No, I got no qualms there. Yeah, I agree with the problem is they're not included in the caravan. Okay, you, because the, the because if you're look, you you can't you can't just paint everybody with one broad stroke and say C C C. I look, I'm with you. And I didn't mean yes, yes, yes. I mean like, look, look, look. You can't do that, right? And I, I'm, I, I understand that there are there are both good people and a lot of bad people that want to be in America. Okay, I, I can I understand it. But when it comes to illegal immigration in particular, it is dominated by the latter. Okay, it is dominated by people who otherwise could not be here for whatever reason. And that's why when he says stuff like they're sending us our worst. It's a terrible soundbite, and he can never get rid of it. He keeps saying it, and the point that he's underscoring is these aren't these aren't like you know grandmas and grandpas and and four year olds that are, that are crossing the border. Are. That's literally there are some of them, yes, yeah, sure, some of them. But there's also a lot of criminals, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of sex trafficking at the border, Steve. There's a lot of other stuff that's happening. Like it's not a it's not a straightforward issue. But the only thing that you can do is in or not even can do. Like job number one of the federal government is enforce the border. Period. He he is a plague on our society, and you should be upset with him more than anyone for hijacking your party that you uh, are a faithful member of. You should be upset with him more than me. Uh, but I'm not upset because he's. He, I'm not upset at all. Well, I'm upset. I'm upset at how he says things. But honestly, you know, outside of some of the the terrible sound bites and the the poor timing. I mean, he had another terrible sound bite. Um, in Pittsburgh, after the 
the the shooting at the synagogue but like he, he's just like sometimes i i just i look at him and i'm like this is just an old man who's just saying the first thing that pops into his mind which is a problem okay i i, I will which see is that senility it's senility it's not a problem okay but we, we all have parents and grandparents and they just say weird things you know that make you scratch my, your head my they are not in the Oval Office. I, You're I right. agree. And I, I wouldn't and vote I for would my agree. parents either. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love them to death. Don't get me wrong. I love them to death. But there's a reason. That's a good point, are. actually. I think I'm going to use that. I'm going to reposition that argument. I like it. <laughs> I love them, but I, I wouldn't vote for them. Okay. All right, Stevie. Well, let's park it, but I will pick this up with you. We got an election, obviously, like around the corner. Oh, that's right. So we, we you and I will be talking more about this. And locally here, we got Comstock versus Wexton. Which we is, should we uh, should uh, we should tell the young Turks if they want some guest uh, hosts. I, I'm ready, man. Same Anytime. ethnicity. I, I don't say no. What is what is Chank? He's like I don't uh, say no. By the way, we got to reach out to WeWork for a little sponsorship, uh, are, a little sponsorship deal. Now that we are co-located. I was gonna say, are you are you am I looking at WeWork right now? You are not looking at WeWork, but soon you will be looking at WeWork as we move okay. as we move the uh, the studio, the DTC studio, into a WeWork setup, which I'm very excited about. Actually, I was confused because there's a, a woman working behind you, and if you're in the you're in the quiet room talking, okay? That you'd be out of WeWork by next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see the studio. You're going to love it. And the women that are just walking around. There you go. It's Tyson's Corner after all. That's it's a it. certain clientele here. Um, all right, Stevie, thanks for making time. Thank you for talking Redskins. We talked uh, – what else did we talk about? We did not talk NBA. We did talk briefly some baseball. Um, we talked some politics too. What else did we talk about? I feel like we talked about a bunch of stuff. It was good. It was good. My pleasure. Good to hear from you, Stevie. Until next time, for Stevie, my name is Joe. This has been DTC. We are out.